all of a sudden a giant black kite flew down from way high, tried to grab Hazel's foot and pull pull her up. Hey everyone, welcome to What in the World. My name is Jake Lee and I am your host for this podcast. And this is a podcast all about what God is doing both here locally. For me, that's Elmbrook Church, Milwaukee area, and around the globe. And we really hope that'll motivate you to want to step into and be part of what God is already doing. And so we share stories, we get to hear what's going around the world. Uh, At Elmbrook, we say that we want to celebrate uh, what's happened or is happening. We want to educate people on what's going on, what God's doing, and motivate people to want to step into it, not just hear about it, but really participate in what God's doing. And... Yeah, that's, that's, that's what this podcast is all about. And I know this has been a while since our last episode was released, but I'm excited that this next interview, which is going to be coming out in a few chunks, gets to share a bunch of crazy stories from South Sudan. So this should be a lot of fun. I really hope you enjoy it. And then after that, um, the goal is to get some content about stuff happening in Japan and then also what's going on here locally. And then focusing on a couple specific people at Elmbrook Church who have really had their lives and families transformed. And so I think there's going to be some really interesting stuff coming up. Wanted to make you aware of that. So with that being said, I asked this most episodes, but I just want to remind you guys, please get this podcast in front of other people. The goal isn't to make it a big famous podcast, but the goal is to get content and stories of what God is doing in front of people so people can be encouraged by that. People can hear that God is on the move and want to be part of what he's doing. So yeah, share this podcast, Um, get in front of people. Um, We are on all types of podcasting platforms, uh, whichever one you listen to. So for this episode, we are going to be listening to Steve and Gina Wintermantle share about how they kind of started on their journey of heading to South Sudan. And like I said, this is going to be a couple part episode. Uh, And I really don't want to take up any more of your time. So without further ado, let's listen to their cultural blunder. Well, this is a cultural blunder story in that um, this had never happened to me before and it happened in another culture. So we'd been in South Sudan for some time, I don't remember, a few months or something, and I had lost a lot of weight. I didn't go there expecting to lose a lot of weight. All of my pants and shorts were getting too small. Our team was meeting, and I think there were some South Sudanese there, I don't remember exactly who all was there present, but we were playing a game in uh, the yard there of our teammates uh, compound, and I went running across the yard and all of a sudden, uh, my shorts fell off. <laughs> Thankfully, I was able to grab them up fairly quickly uh, before I think any photos were taken. I'm not sure. No, that's not true. Oh, that's There's not true. There's a great video of the streaker. <laughs> I like how you clarified that. <laughs> so just be prepared for those eventualities. Was that a diet thing or what do, what do you think? No, it's just, that? you know, it's, it's so hot that I had just lost a lot of weight from being out mm-hmm. in the heat every day. And, gotcha. and quite honestly, I just wasn't eating as much over there as I probably tend to eat here as, as well. Well, that is a perfect way to begin the podcast, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, today I have the privilege of interviewing Steve and Gina Wintermantle. They are in South Sudan, and their story kind of traces back to 1999 when Gina first went on several short-term trips um, from Elmbrook Church to South Sudan. 
And in 2001, Gina was already serving in South Sudan. Steve then joined a teaching team from Elmbrook, so he would have the opportunity to propose to Gina. So I'd like to dive into that probably in a little bit because that sounds like a lot of fun. But then fast forward to 2015, these two learned that there was a team being formed to send to South Sudan and Torit, I think I pronounced that correctly, correct me. Torit. Torit, I pronounced Mm -hmm. it incorrectly. I think it's French. Well, I'm not French. (laughs) No, I'm I'm teasing too. But the goal of it was to focus on relational discipleship, church planting, and agricultural initiatives. So this fit really well into both of your backgrounds because first off, Gina, you have a veterinarian degree. That's right, yeah. And then Steve, you obviously served here uh, doing pastoral discipleship, but you also had decades of working on your family farm in Kansas, which fits very well into agriculture. So in 2017, you took your family six, three at the time who were teenagers, you now have four teenagers on a vision trip. And then in 2018, you arrived to your new home in Torit. Tarit is it. South Sudan. And that's where you guys are today. Well, actually, we're recording this in the studio in Elmbrook for the first time. So this is kind of weird for me because since COVID has, and this podcast has started, everything has been recorded in my bedroom. So this is my first like official interview at Elmbrook. But I want to learn more about you guys. So just let's back up a little bit. Tell me a little bit about how you first got connected to South Sudan. Well, in 1999, before then, I was preparing to go overseas for six months with Christian Veterinary Mission. I had called them up and told them I wanted to spend about six months there. So they helped me arrange my schedule going around visiting a couple of veterinarians who were on the field in East Africa. But I had about a month on the front end of the trip and a month at the end of the trip where we really didn't have anything to fit in. So I kind of approached it that I would just go and see what the Lord put there. Before I left, somebody here at Elmbrook said, hey, aren't you going to South Sudan? I said, yeah, that's where I'm preparing to go. And they said, well, Dick Robinson's getting ready to go to South Sudan. And I said, oh, well, that sounds interesting. I'm going to go down and at least talk to him. So I went down uh, front, met him, and he said, yeah, we're going in with World Relief. We're going to explore partnership there. And if uh, you have some time, you're welcome to join us. So... (laughs) That was just one Sunday morning, and uh, I signed up and ended up doing that on the front end of my trip. He and Tim Ryder and I flew in there and worked with World Relief, just exploring what was there, what might happen in church leadership, and getting to know a little bit about what World Relief was doing in development. The Lord so put the people of South Sudan on my heart at that time and that was in Pochala, South Sudan, Mm -hmm. which is on the Ethiopian border, that I really, the whole rest of the time I was in East Africa visiting these other veterinarians, I had this burden to go back. So I kept in touch with World Relief and ended up going back for a month then in 1999 in June. And after that time there, I still felt burdened by the Lord to go back there again. So I started preparing for a little bit longer term. I thought it was going to go for a year. I ended up going for six months. Mm -hmm. But I took that, I went back just to South Sudan with World Relief in 2000 and spent six months there doing... 2001. Okay, yes. I left in 2000, December, and ended up staying there till 2001. And uh, I was doing community animal health worker training. Uh, so training up uh, lay veterinarians basically to do some basic disease identification and treatment. And then also was working with the church leadership training that Elmbrook had started in partnership with Coral Relief. 
So that was my first introduction and my second uh, into South Sudan. Gotcha. So another reason why you probably should try to go to church on Sundays because you never know when God's going to move and then open a door for you to go to South Sudan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love that. And we're all looking for those doors. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, a lot of times like you just got to make yourself available and it might not be where you think you want to go, but then you have a deep, profound fat passion that pops up because mm-hmm. of that, which is really cool. Well, I just think it was neat that I didn't have all those details worked out, but the schedule was open and the Lord already knew what he was going to put in there. So that was just a neat way to end that first trip. So Gina, what happened just before you left for Southern Sudan the second time? The second time. Remember we had a little restaurant meal in Kansas City and I said, hey, why don't you think about possibly marrying me? And you said, well, maybe, but... <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I had asked Steve to to come over to Africa while I was there in 2001 and just see uh, why I love the African people so much. And so he did. He came over uh, on a training trip. The only time I had ever left, or I had never been to Africa before, but I decided I wanted to go and uh, fulfill Gina's request that I come and see why she loved Africa and Africans so much. So I booked a ticket to Nairobi. I met Dick, whom we had never met before. And uh, from there, we flew on uh, the little Cessna into Pochala. And uh, we got off the plane, and Dick got a real big hug from this beautiful young missionary over there. And I kind of got the cold shoulder. And uh, later I asked her about this, and I said, what's going on? She goes, well, I, I can't show PDA here. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, well, that's understandable. So we were there for, I don't know, it was 10 days or two weeks, something like that. We were in the country. And each morning we would awaken, we'd get together our entourage, and we would uh, move from the World Relief Compound over to the Presbyterian Church. It was just, I mean, the back corner of this uh, mud and stick church building was falling into the river that separates uh, Sudan from Ethiopia. Mm. So we were literally on the border. In fact, falling into the border, kind of. But anyway... um, one day we were getting ready to go over and I noticed that Dick and Gina were not in the group. And I thought, well, that's curious. Nobody's played hooky before. And uh, I didn't think too much of it. And then sometime subsequently, I said, hey, you and Dick didn't go with us that time. What, what, what was the scoop? She goes, oh, we just needed to talk. I said, oh, so what? Weather? What were you talking about? And she said, no, I just needed to talk to Dick about some things. Well, eventually, I don't remember when, but I found out that my bride-to-be was getting cold feet. (laughs) And uh, she needed to talk to someone. Okay, am I making the right decision saying yes to this guy? So much to Dick's credit, and Dick, if you ever hear this, thank you. Uh, (laughs) Dick said, Gina, I think this guy's probably a pretty good guy, and I think you just need to keep moving forward with your plan. So he helped to warm her feet up a little bit, and uh, later we uh, flew back to Kenya, and we went down to Mombasa, and I got to propose to her on the beach there in Mombasa. So it was a good story. Did you propose when you were in Kansas? No, we talked about proposing. Okay. And she said, no, not yet. She said, I want you to come to Africa. And I said, okay, I can come to Africa. 
So you came to Africa, and then that slowly opened the door for you to actually be able to propose to her. Yes. I like that. And at this point, you you weren't affiliated with Elmerk at this point, were you? No, I was uh, just a part of a church plant in Kansas. Got it. So it was after this. So this was the first time you were meeting Elmbrook staff members. Yes. And then slowly sucking you into the Elmbrook fold. Right. Yes. <laughs> so that's obviously your initial connection to South Sudan. Like mm-hmm. you feeling this need to go somewhere, a door opening, being able to use your degree, Gina. And then you obviously pursuing a relationship with each other and then you following her so you have the opportunity to propose, which yep. I love that. So we got married. And moved to, I moved from Kansas to Milwaukee. We, I got to smell the Miller Brewery yeast every morning as I awoken, <laughs> uh, which something growing up on the farm in Kansas I had never gotten to do before. I got to help make the stuff that made the yeast, but we never smelled it. Anyway, we began to explore the possibility in 2003 of going with a very small team, including once again, Dick Robinson. Mm-hmm. And um, we were going to go back and to check in on how the, ministry was progressing there in Pochala. And at this time, we had our uh, eight-month-old daughter Hazel with us. And so we contacted the authorities who had uh, discretion over who got to go and who didn't get to go into South Sudan. And we said, hey, we'd love to go and bring along with us our eight-month-old daughter. Before we left Wisconsin, they said, sure, she is welcome to come. And we got to Kenya, and the authorities uh, who were overseeing the trip said, uh, yeah, we've had a change of mind and you can't go because Ooh. you have an infant with you. Yeah. And we said, well, we had approval. And they said, yes, well, you know, things change. And true, South Sudan or Southern Sudan, as it still was at that time, is always a very mm. fluid situation. We thought, okay, Lord, did we really just come halfway around the world just to not be able to fulfill the primary purpose for which we had come? And so we prayed and put it in the Lord's hands. And on the morning before we were supposed to leave, they said, she can go. (laughs) So we were able to take our little uh, daughter, Hazel Rose, with us into uh, southern Sudan to Mm -hmm. Pachala. While I was there, I was on staff with Elmbrook by this time. And I was working with Jan Ryder in children's ministry. And Jan and Marianne Lee had already begun some training of Sunday school teachers in Pochala. And so I went kind of to do the next installment. And I was doing this training. We were meeting in the church building that was falling into the border. I could hear a ruckus outside. And I thought, wow, what's going on out there? But I was busy training and I didn't want to disrupt that. And nobody came in and got us. Okay, it must be okay. So when we came to a break time, I went outside and Gene was out there. And I said, what was happening? And we, I had had Hazel out in her stroller and we were just kind of going around talking to people uh, there around the church building and all of a sudden a giant black kite flew down from way high, tried to grab Hazel's foot and pull pull her up. And she's then in her stroller. Took off, yeah. uh, empty clawed, so to say, but left left a couple of marks on her little foot. And so we had been screaming at the bird. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I was going to ask you guys a question. How was it bringing an eight-month-old over and you're already starting to fill it in? Yeah, yeah it was uh, an experience. She doesn't remember it, but <laughs> I think I took a picture of it just to prove that it had happened. Like a picture while it was happening or no, after? No, after of her foot. I was guessing after, but I thought I should clarify. <laughs> so just to show how God 
is always at work changing hearts. In this situation, he changed mine because now this is my second time to uh, southern Sudan. Which and Gina, you're third, right? Third or fourth. Third I had fourth gone thing. on a few shorter trips. Okay, too. so there was a number in there. Okay. And every time I went, it was just incredibly hot. Mm-hmm. Just so hot. And I'm I'm used to heat. Uh, Kansas farms yeah. are no cool place in July and August. And But I, it was just because there's no place to get a respite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there wasn't even any water in the river during the dry season that you can go and take a dip. So, And we had bucket baths were the only way we could get any kind of refreshment. And um, I just thought, I am so glad I don't have to live here because it's too hot. Yep. And <laughs> you're gonna regret that. I, yeah, I said thank you, God, for not calling me to live in Southern Sudan. So I just love how this episode wraps up with Steve saying, "Thank you, God, for not calling me to South Sudan." And I, I love that because it shows how God works in our hearts. And what Steve didn't share in this episode, um, what we did talk about, is the fact that this has really been a multiple decade process for him of sensing God's leading or calling or whatever you want to call it on his life um, to the point where he's at right now living in South Sudan. And it's just kind of cool to hear how God works in our hearts. And it's actually sometimes I find funny that sometimes the thing that we don't want to do most may be where God is leading us to. And it reminds me of a story of one mentor I had who she really didn't have any desire to go overseas. And I, there was this moment where they, it was in college and they had all of these people like, like, where could God be leading you? Put your pin into the map, like stick it in these far off countries. And she walked up to the map and shoved her pin in Minnesota. And they're like, you can't pick your home. And she's like, fine. And so she pulled her pin out and stuck it in Wisconsin. And she is now um, working for an organization where she has traveled to so many different countries, has spent time living overseas, and has a burning passion for seeing God's kingdom spread around the globe. And this was someone who did not want to leave her home state. And if she was forced to leave her home state, she was definitely not going to leave the Midwest. So I think a lot of times it's just having to have this open-handed approach of, God, what do you want to do with my life? And sometimes that pushes us into uncomfortable situations. Like for Steve, being in a place that is really hot. For me personally, I know that the times that I have felt closest to God or have grown the most have been times where I have had to have that open-handed posture and step into places that maybe I don't think I want to go, but I sense God leading me in that direction. And I might not know what that means. It might just be for a short season. It might just be to see something, but it also might mean that I have to make a significant life change. And I think that open-handedness is really what I want to encourage everyone as we wrap up this podcast. Just be open-handed. What might God be asking you to take as a step of faith? And step into that and see where it takes you. And it might not be somewhere that you ever thought you would go, but also from my experience has been a place of huge blessing when we actually follow where God is leading us. So with all that being said, I will talk to you guys next time. And this has been What in the World.